The last of the fireworks have gone off and summer is officially in full swing. And while we zoom back and forth from activity to activity, from the beach to the pool, baseball games and swim meets, fishing and barbecuing, it is also time to find some peace and stillness. And this is the perfect time to dive into a good book. Welcome to Amongst the Books, a podcast for kids, by kids, and yes, adults too. We had to take some time off, but some new co-hosts helped me sit down with some of our school's language arts teachers to see what they like to read, how they help motivate others to read, and to give us some book recommendations. So let's dive right in. Hi everybody, today we'll be interviewing Miss Lim. Oh, so Miss Lim, what's your favorite book? Oh, well, currently I'm reading um, Red, White, and Royal Blue on my Kindle. Um, I'm liking it so far. I'm not sure um, how it's going to go, um, but that's what I'm currently reading. What's your favorite genre? My genre, I personally like realistic fiction. Um, I also like fantasy. I read a lot of fantasy as a kid growing up, so I would say that's my favorite. What's your favorite book? Well, as a kid growing up, um, I read different types of, like I said, fantasy. I really liked A Wrinkle in Time. Um, I really liked the Harry Potter series. Um, lots of things where I felt like the author was um, creating their own world. Um, you know, it was really interesting as a kid for me to read to kind of like jump into that other world um, and really just fall in love with the characters. Yeah. What's your favorite author? My favorite author? That's a really good question. Um, I don't think I have a favorite um, because I like reading different types of books. But if I'm going back to my uh, childhood, J.K. Rowling. What's your, like your favorite kind of um, when you like read a book? What do you, what makes you interested in it? What makes me interested in a book? Yeah. Well, definitely the characters. Um, you know, if they're relatable, if you know. Um, I tend to connect with them in some way. I feel like I draw closer to being interested in what they're doing and what they're experiencing. So, yeah, I would say the characters really draw me in, um, the setting, where it's taking place. Um, so those two things. Are you planning to read any books this summer? For sure, for sure. And I have a Goodreads app that I go on to. It's like this app where people recommend um, books and give reviews on the types of books that are trending. So I like to go on there and see, you know, what's new, what's up. And if I seem to like the summary, um, I would go ahead and buy it. And first, well, first I'll read a sample. I think that's important. And if I seem to like the style of writing and where it's going, then I would purchase it because some of these new books get pricey. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so. Do you ever do any audiobooks for yourself? Audiobooks, yeah. So, um, another teacher actually recommended audiobooks. Like, it's a lot easier, like, especially when you're driving, it's good to listen to. Um, and just if you're busy doing something. But I actually never purchased an audiobook, but I am very interested and open to it. Um, I just never got to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. How often would you say you read books? At- <laughs> I want to say. You know, I, I want to make time to read for sure. Um, I feel like just before bed, that's seriously the only time I could just like wind down and relax and, and read. Um, I try to squeeze in time during the weekend, um, but it's, you know, it's not as easy <laughs> to, to like, because you, you just, get, I kind of keep on thinking of other things I need to get done. So, but reading is definitely one of my favorite, you know, pastimes to relax. What's your favorite way to read, like, an actual book, audios, like, mm-hmm. online, on a Kindle? Yeah, Kindle, for sure. Um, I know a lot of people like hard copies, too. I like hard copies. Like, if I go to Barnes & Nobles, like, the covers are really pretty. Like, they make it really look nice. Um, <laughs> they take a lot of time into it. But I usually, since I have a Kindle and I purchased one and I invested in one, I like to use that. Mm-hmm. Do you... Um are you recommending any books to your students for the summer to get them ready for the next grade? That's a great question. Um, there are some books that I know um, that are on the summer reading uh, resources that, that are being sent out to incoming seventh graders. 
Um, you know, I really can't pick one book because mm -hmm. I feel like it really depends on what you like, you know, as a reader. Um, but you know, I know Save Me a Seat is a great one that <laughs> I read um, with my sixth graders and they loved it. Um, and graphic novels are really popular too these days, so I recommend that. You know, don't just think like just because it's there's lots of pictures you're not reading. I feel like it's it's a different feel, but um, kids like graphic novels as well. So not a particular title, just whatever you enjoy, find it. So if you had to pick, mm -hmm. book or movie? Oh man. <laughs> oh, it really depends. It yeah. really depends. Obviously, if there's a book for it, like book for the movie, read the book. Because that, you know, Harry Potter really just changed. changed, exactly, like how I think of books turning into movies. Um, they leave out a lot in A movies. lot of characters. A lot of characters, just lots of like li little things, little um, scenes, little moments, little... Plot points. Yeah, plot points as well. <laughs> and really emphasize theme. Yeah. They yeah. decided to leave it out. Yeah. yeah, and you kind of have like a visual of what that character is going to be like. And then the movie comes out and you're like, oh, that's not really how I pictured that person. Um, book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. What would you mm -hmm. say is the average amount of reading you should do in a day for like a child or age? Oh, good question. Great, great question. I mean, great. Yeah, it's, it, I feel like it's half, 20 minutes to half an hour. That's what we're all kind of like pushing, the language arts teacher, mm -hmm. that you have that amount of time every single day to read. Did you like so. to read during when you were little? Because a lot of kids right now don't like to read. They just like to play games. Yeah. It really, yeah, it really depends on um, what interests you, right? Because if you're being forced to read, right, and you're, you're given a book to read and you're not really interested, but you have to because, like, you know, I don't know, like the teacher wants you to, you have to do a book report on, on it or something, then I felt like I, it was more of a, a chore and, like, something I didn't want to do. Like a punishment. Right, but once I went to the library, or if a friend, if a friend recommends you a book, I feel like you're, you're more excited to read it, right? It's someone that you trust, someone that you like hanging out with, and then they tell you, hey, this one's really good, right? And you get curious. And you end up liking it. So what would you say if a student or even an adult mm -hmm. is struggling to kind of find mm -hmm. that book? What are some tips that you would give them to like mm -hmm. look for? Like how to pick how to pick like a right book for them? Yeah. Um, there's lots of sources online, right? So like different um, websites, different apps that actually help you pick books, right? If you just um, pick what genre that you're interested in or what author you're interested in, um, like there's lots of apps where it'll give you some suggestions with some samples and summaries. So I think going through that option or even going to the library and just looking for yourself what, what type of cover. I know they really like, don't judge a book by its cover, but <laughs> I feel like but it, it helps. Kind of it does. Have to. But it does. Yeah. It helps because it's it's like it's like if you're looking at a piece of clothing. That's so true. If that color doesn't, mm -hmm. if I don't like the way that pattern looks with that color, I'm not yeah. gonna really pick up that shirt. Yeah. So true. yeah. It kind of shows the style of the book in mm -hmm. a way, like the cover, and then you can always read the back. Yeah. So going to the library. How would you say if the book is the right level for you? Because a lot of kids like to read like little books, like short paragraph books, and they're mostly pictures. And that's not really reading. You're more looking at the pictures. But like with graphic novels, there is a lot of reading to them. Mm -hmm. So how would you say how to find a perfect book for your level? Wow. Um, you know, I would say like if you start reading and for the first... 10 to 20 pages, you're not really understanding what's going on, then that book would be kind of hard for you, difficult for you. I know some people like to give themselves a challenge. Um, so, you know, go for it. I know Kindle has a great thing where like, if you click on a word, it tells you the definition. I use that feature a lot. If a word that I don't recognize comes up and that helps me to, you know, reread the sentence and then like I understand it now better. So if you want to give yourself a challenge like that, go for it. But <laughs> by halfway or something, you, you don't understand what's happening. It's a little too hard for you, right? Mm -hmm. So what is a genre that you are 
like no not mm. not for you for for me it's horror like oh. I, horror movies horror books yeah. horror is not my cup of tea mm. i can't do it mm. so do you have one that's just kind of like eh, I, I stay away from um <laughs> i can't really get into um sci-fi okay i remember i tried reading um the martian because mm-hmm. that got so many good reviews yeah. and even the movie and everything yeah and i to this day it's left unfinished in my kindle yes I just, so much explaining with like the scientific things and i just cannot well that leads it. me to another question mm-hmm. would you ever recommend to someone mm-hmm. to put a book down oh. would you ever recommend it if it's something yeah. that they're not not getting into yeah. or they're struggling with it or just put it down, come back to it, or if it's yes. just not for yes, you. Right. So would you I, recommend that? Yes, because, you know, at that point, you're not really enjoying it. And, when, you know, when you, when, you take the time, when you take the time to read, you're kind of doing it out of, um, you know, leisure, right? right? But then you think about this book, and you're like, do I really, do I want to continue reading? And then it, it feels like a chore again. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, I have to finish it. Like, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me, but I have to finish it. So yeah. I, I would recommend putting it down and... You know, maybe like you said, going back to it, if you think of it one day, you're like, hey, I never finished that book. You know, I kind of think I'm ready. I have the time right now to, to see if I like it again. Because, you know, people change too and like yeah. what they like. So, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Moby Dick is going to sit on my in my kitchen <laughs> unread, unfinished. I still can't do it. I've, tr- I've tried several times. Is, is there a book yeah. that, like, theme mm-hmm. just made you pull into it mm-hmm. and you still remember it today? A theme? You mean like the message of a book? Yeah. Yeah? Like don't give up or uh-huh. something like that. Um, oh, I really love the theme for um, A Wrinkle in Time. I, because you know people kind of interpret themes in different ways, but when I read it, I thought the message was love beats all. Like love conquers all. And, you know, it sounds like a pretty simple theme, but I feel like just growing up and getting older, I feel like that's really... It stuck with me, and I feel like it's it's I, I'm agreeing to it every day. Mm-hmm. Are there books that you read that makes you get like emotional, kind of like mm-hmm. feel a special way, a certain way? <laughs> yeah, there are books that I know I cried while reading. Oh my gosh, I think it was Twilight. <laughs> 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 I, it was like one of those romantic books yeah. that I oh or like um this. The, this one had me bawling. The one with the, it turned into a movie with Miley Cyrus. Something about oh, her, the, the piano. Yes, yes, one of the Nicholas Sparks ones. Yes. Yep, yeah. That one, I, I was crying with that one too. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the first time I read Little mm-hmm. Women. I, oh. I cried in that because yeah. like, I was around the age of the girls, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh my god, I'm bawling, <laughs> bawling. But, but those are the best. Yeah. Those are the best reading experiences, I think. Right. Absolutely. I love those. So. One last question. Mm-hmm. Besides reading this summer, mm-hmm. what do you have planned? What, what are you going to be doing to entertain and find some relaxation time after a very busy school year? Right. Wow. Well, um, right after school ends, I'm planning on going to Korea for two weeks um, just, to, just for vacation. I'm not sure if that's going to be a relaxing time or... <laughs> <laughs> Or, uh, you know, even exhausting time. Um, but going to Korea, traveling, I know I have something um, with the school and the curriculum, doing yeah. something with um, another teacher over the summer. So that's going to keep me busy, tutoring, just stuff like that. Um, and definitely relaxing too. Yeah. Um, definitely make time for that. Maybe going to the beach. Um, yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right, well, we want to say thank you so much. I'm Cece, and today we're going to interview Miss Mataseski and Mrs. Vicari. Hello, I'm Gabriel, and I'll be asking some of the questions. So to start off, uh, what were your favorite books as kids? Great question, Gabriel. My, fa- my favorite books in middle school was definitely the Babysitter's Club series by Anna M. Martin. And in high school, my favorite book had to have been To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. In middle school, I wasn't really quite much of a reader, so I enjoyed the Chicken Soup series because they were nice short stories that I could get through easily. Great great choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked those too when I was growing up. What are your favorite books growing up, Cece? You're still growing up. Um, I like murder mysteries. Yeah. Yes. I love that you said murder mysteries because that's actually my favorite 
uh, genre of stories to read as an adult. Mystery, suspense, yeah. keeps me on my toes. Mrs. Vicari and I always share our favorite like murder mysteries and which ones keep us up at night yep. and making yeah. sure that we're not too scared reading Yeah, Ms. Metaseski always warns me if I'm going to be too scared not to read a particular book or author. Yeah, she's helped me out too because yeah. <laughs> I've had to put books down because I got a little too freaked out. Yes, so, yes. I agree. Gabe, what's your favorite? Um... Definitely a huge fan of Percy Jackson. Rick Riordan in general. Yeah. I like mythology, all that stuff. So just okay. anything by Rick Riordan is really good. Excellent. What question was <laughs> So when you have students come up to you and um, are trying to find the right book, what kind of tips do you give them in looking for a book? So I try and tell students to kind of pick books that they um, either interest them just visually, sometimes, even even though we say don't judge a book by its cover, sometimes that makes all the difference. Because if there's a book that we can't even get past the cover on, it's probably a book that you're not even going to be able to get past the first page with. Yeah. But other than that, I would try to say try to find books that really speak to you as a person and things that interest you overall in life. Like if you're a great athlete, then go for books that maybe like Mike Lupica, like like books about sports, something like that. Like Gabriel said, he's a big fan of mythology. So yeah, go get those Rick Riordan books. They're fantastic. Absolutely. What kind of advice would you give? I like to look at like what other kids are reading in the class and kind of make a mental note of what they're reading and what's popular and what's out there. I also like looking at new releases. So like I follow Barnes and Noble and they're always giving out like YA suggestions each month. So I keep on top of that for suggestions. Yeah, I'd probably recommend, I would just say look, whatever interests you. Like, it could be, like, a short graphic novel. It could be a long chapter book. As long as, like, the title appeals to you, always read the back of the book before you check a book out. Uh, and then if it seems interesting, just take it out. And what would you say if someone was struggling with a book? What advice would you give them if they were struggling? If a student's struggling with a book, my first recommendation would be to slow down. Oftentimes we're reading and we're rushing through what we're reading and we're not fully understanding it, let alone enjoying it. So if you really slow down and take everything step by step, uh, paragraph by paragraph, page by page, chapter by chapter, sometimes it really helps to just break it down and, and make the information a little bit more clear. I actually still struggle reading books. I turn to audiobooks a lot to listen to the story. Hearing it from a different voice has sometimes helped me get into the story. Sometimes if you get a really great narrator, they do different character voices. And again, it builds that picture in your mind. So try an audio version of the book. Great suggestion. Yeah. That actually leads me to a question. Are you more of a holding the book in your hand, like hard copy of it? online, audio, clearly audio. I I'm a big audio so, fan. I am so audio because I'm always on the go and the audio lets me still do things around the house um, or going for a walk. I can still take that book with me and still be immersed in it. So I personally prefer audiobooks. I love that. Uh, for me, it's whatever I can get my hands on quicker. So if there's too <laughs> long of a line on my Kindle for the uh, digital version, then I'll uh, go to my library and check out a copy that way, especially if it's a book that I like a new release that I just can't wait. So whichever one I can get my hands on faster. But I like reading on the Kindle because I like like the backlight. I can read in bed without disturbing anybody else in the household yeah. if it's dark. Um, so, you know, just kind of whatever speaks to me at the time. How about you? What do you like using? Uh, I usually just read hardcover books. Okay. Sometimes it's nice just to hold that in your yeah. hands, that yeah. tangible item. And Gabe, how about you? I personally prefer online books, especially like uh, Kindle Libby, because you can just log in anywhere. Like I've been in a scenario where I forget a device, and then I'm at my cousin's house, I can just log in and continue reading there. Whereas an audiobook, you'd have to download it, hard copy, you could forget it. I like that. So we talked about some of your favorite genres. What is a genre that you tend to shy away from Ooh, and that I could go to I'm all of you guys shy. i don't really like the supernatural mm -hmm. things that i can't really wrap my head around yeah um other worlds vampires not really my scene i'm willing to always give it another shot if there's a good recommendation right. but that's the genre that i struggle with the most right um i don't really like science fiction it's kind of confusing yeah <laughs> yeah I agree. I struggle with science fiction sometimes, and I'm in a science fiction book club. Oh, so ah. I struggle sometimes But sometimes there. it's good to go to things that you struggle with it and make yourself a better, stronger reader. Absolutely. Uh, I don't particularly like murder mysteries. There are some good ones, but I feel some of them take too long 
to get to the point. Like you'll have a guess for two books. Then they get to the third book, it's at the end of the book, and I feel like it just takes way too long. Like, I, I'll lose interest just way too quickly. Cut to the chase is what yeah. you're saying? Got it. I hear you. Um, I tend to shy away from books that are too lovey-dovey just because I have so much love in my life naturally that I like to go to books that take me away and get a little bit of an escape. So I kind of like those um, the fantasy books or the sci-fi because it kind of just takes me to another place and gets me kind of out of my own headspace. Now, would you ever, if you see that someone is struggling and they just can't get through the book, would you ever say, yes, you can put the book down, it is okay? Yeah, there's books that I've abandoned as a reader. Sometimes, you know, I'll give it a shot and sometimes it's just not the right book for you and that's okay. Um, you know, there's definitely tips and strategies that your teachers and your librarian can help you with if there's a book you're really struggling with that you're required to read. But yeah, every once in a while, it's okay to say this book just isn't for me and walk away. And we've even had that in our classroom with book clubs. Sometimes yeah. even a book club member will say, I'm really not enjoying this. Can I switch to another club? And if it's for the right reasons, then yes, it's okay to put a book down and try something new. Right. I think it's totally okay to put down a book. I personally don't. Because I like to set reading challenges for myself. If I'm already in a book, I'm going to finish it so I can count it towards my challenge. But I understand the fact of putting down books. And again, as Mrs. Vakari said, if it's for the right reasons, I totally get it. Yeah, I had to put down Ulysses. I had to. I couldn't do that, <laughs> I couldn't do that book any time in college. So we are all book readers. We are all readers. We love it. We are also, I'm going to say, TV and movie fans. Yeah. So... What would you recommend, the book or the movie? It depends. Great question. <laughs> I have to say, majority of the time, I'll definitely say the book, but there's always certain cases, like for the um, Harry Potter series, even though the books are not the same, uh, the movies aren't the same as the books in many cases, there are a lot of differences. I think that the people who created the movies really did a great job of creating their own, and even just some of the character traits are so different, but still so, so good. So I think that that's a case of where like the books can hold their own, uh, the book movies can hold their own against the books. And I think if I ever had to pick one that was better than the other, I would say The Outsiders. I think that the filmmakers did a fantastic job of really bringing those characters to life, jumping off the page. Absolutely, yeah, I agree with that. What do you guys think? Uh, it, I usually read the book, but I do watch a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun to compare and contrast. Yeah, it really is. Like, yeah, it's a fun thing to do. Absolutely. Um, I typically prefer the book, but I read a lot of manga, which, in case you don't know, is Japanese comics, and most of the time they make an animated version of it. I prefer the animated version of it, but for like chapter books, I preferred the Harry Potter movie over the book Sorcerer's Stone. Unpopular opinion, but <laughs> I do think it was much more well made. <laughs> Well, it's funny because that is a big one that people are either like, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. big debate one, that movie to book one. Yeah. So um, we're coming up to summer vacation. So yeah. we're all going to be doing something fun and exciting, traveling, all those sorts of things. But we also are going to be reading. So what is a book that you would recommend someone pick up for the summer? So I'm already um, have with my summer group that we are going to be reading Bridge to Terabithia. I think it's a great book for middle school students, regardless of what age you are, because you could really read it on many different levels and get a lot out of it in different ways, regardless of your age. Um, and also two other great middle school books that I would recommend for um, students would be Crash by Jerry Spinelli or Restart by Gordon Corman. Mm -hmm. Kind of a similar, it would be a really cool compare contrast um, of characters with that. But I've read them both recently, one a reread, one for the first time, and they just are strong and true every single time I pick them up. Yeah, absolutely. Two really great series I've gotten into is The Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library, and the prequel just came out. Yeah. So Ooh. there's a beginning story about Mr. Lemoncello's childhood, which I'm really excited to read. And another series I'm excited about is Spy School. Yeah. Um, and the 10th book is coming out in September, so that's another series that I kind of want to re-look at over the summer and read. It's a quick, easy read. They're different stories, different situations, but the storyline is just perfect throughout. Yeah, exactly. And we actually got to interview last year or two years ago uh, the creator of the Mr. Lemoncello. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. So we got to interview him, so that was a good one. What are you going to recommend? Um, this is a murder mystery series. It's um, Wells and Wong. It's uh, it's about two girls, uh, and they solve uh, 
murders. It's like really good. Cool. <laughs> What's okay. the name of it? Look, Look, yeah, exactly. Right We're already writing it down. Love it. Perfect. <laughs> and what about you, sir? Um, I typically like to read more leisurely books over the summer, not something where I have to put on my thinking cap and really That's good. read That's over important. it once or twice. So um, I'm going to recommend the, book, the Blue Book of Stories. There's also two sequels, which is Red and Green Book of Stories. I forget who it's by, but it's really good. It's really fun. My family has been reading it together at night. Um, it has some smart jokes that I think adults could laugh along. It's kind of utter nonsense. So I know younger kids would laugh along. It's overall just a really good book. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And uh, we look forward to reading all of your book recommendations. Thank you. And thank have you a for having us. us. Happy reading, everyone. Happy reading, exactly. And we are now going to be speaking with Mr. Carklin, who is a seventh grade language arts teacher. Sarah, would you like to start? Sure. Um, what do you recommend for kids our age in like seventh grade to read? Oh, that's a, that's a good, tough first question, Sarah. Um, I guess it all depends on, on the student and what their interests are. Um, so usually, at least in the seventh grade, there's a lot of freedom with like what you get to pick. Um, our first unit is about award-winning uh, novels. So there are lots of you know, awards out there, more than just the Newbery Medal uh, winners, which are still good books. But, you know, pretty much if you look up any book, you could probably find some award that they won at some point. So, um, yeah, I usually try to find out students prefer um, realistic fiction or if they prefer fantasy or sci-fi. Um, I also, so that's the first thing, to find out what their interests are, just to get them started. I do believe it's good to kind of go out of your comfort zone sometimes. You might find something that you really enjoy. But I think finding um, what a student is interested in first and then using, we have the internet, there's so many like good resources on there where you can put in authors that you've read before, like things like goodreads.com uh, and when you put in like a book that you really liked, I love, and it's almost like cheating for a teacher because we haven't read every single book out there. Um, but I mean, some of us have read more, but I love when those websites like say, you might also enjoy, and then we take a look at that and look at summaries. Um, so I don't know, I, I do start off with, I, I do like the Newberry Medal list just as a, a, a good starting point, and that's actually where I found one of my summer picks for myself, and I read the synopsis to my students this year, uh, a few weeks ago, because I said I was going to read it, and a few of them put it on their list. So I, I really didn't give you a specific <laughs> answer on that, but I think it was like finding interest first, the style of book that you like. Um, and then maybe going back to some books that you've enjoyed in the past that you read in maybe sixth or fifth grade, and then finding some uh, books that are similar. But uh, yeah, that, that's kind of like the route I usually go with students. There are some like, there are some books I think teachers have like in their in their back pocket that's like um, that yeah. seem to be liked by a lot of students. Yeah. So um, I mean, one example is something like. The Giver from Lois Lowry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those, I'm not sure if you, you girls have read that or not. Um, but I've had a lot of students, it used to be a class novel, so I know it well and I, I kind of tell them about it a little bit. It's, it's kind of sci-fi-ish um, and, and sometimes it's a good starting point for people, so a book like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's it's kind of what I would I'd recommend doing, you know, being part of the process with the students. What's, so what is the book that you that you read that the kids now put on the list? The book that I, and I, I, I started off because of the Newberry medal winner. Right. And then I saw the cover art too. So at the beginning of the year, we do something like, how do you pick a book? And we make a list together uh, in my class. And one of the things that students say, and I think they feel guilty about saying, it's like the, the picture on the front of the cover mm -hmm. art. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Like if something catches your attention, um, the book was, I have to, I wrote it down, The Last Contista. Okay. Um, and I, it's, it, it actually is reminiscent of, of the, the Giver a little bit. It's sci-fi-ish and um, it's out of my comfort zone, but I put it down there, one, because it won the, the medal and I thought it'd be interesting to read it. Um, but also I, I like to push myself outside of, of what I would normal. it's not really my, my normal read. Right. So, um, I think what's this, uh, the summary, the something like the planet Earth is be, like uh, be hit by a comet, and people go on a space shuttle to go to a different planet, but like 
they wake up and this girl's lost her entire family. She's the only one that remembers the past. Right. And she's trying to preserve like that. And I don't know. It's probably more interesting than I just made it sound. Well, it still sounds interesting. So okay. we might have to check it out all right, for all right. us that haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite genre? Oh, okay. Good question. I, I like nonfiction and I like history. Um, which may, it may sound odd as a language arts teacher. I think a lot of times people think fiction right away. Mm-hmm. I am also a social studies teacher occasionally, and <laughs> depending on the year, right. maybe next year, who knows? Um, no, but I really do like travel and, and adventure. So, I mean, I, one of my favorite books, or two of my favorites, do you mind if I yeah, share real go quick? For it. So you girls That's can see here, here, I have them in person, um, but one book is called Endurance, and it's about this crew that goes sailing down to Antarctica and their, their ship gets stuck in the ice. And I think yeah. there are 19 passengers on it. And the question is, they're stuck in the Arctic and there's no cell phones, there's no yeah. way of communicating. How do they survive if they survive? Uh, and do they all survive? And it kind of just goes to like, it's a real life adventure. So I love reading the history of it and the travel aspect and just, I don't know, I just love the adventure. And like another one I, I love too is the Book of Joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this does not look much read in person here, but this is one that I actually did on audiobook. So I got just it. got into the audiobook world maybe last year on walks during the summer and I'd listen. So this is one of the ones I felt was a, a good one. And then my sister-in-law bought it for me. But it's just about advice from the Dalai Lama, uh, who is Buddhist and Desmond Tutu, Archbishop, who just passed away this last year, but he's Christian, and the guy who wrote it is Jewish. So you've got Buddhism, you've got Christianity and Judaism, and these people come together just talking about life and what brings people happiness. So real people, that's kind of the, I enjoy, and then that kind of carries over. I like historical fiction too. Right. So. uh, I think with some of the nonfiction books that are out there right now, they're being written almost as novels like the way they're telling the story it's not so much of just here are the facts here's everything the way a lot of historical books have been done in the past so i think that's why so many more people are getting into nonfiction because of the way it's being written now yeah yeah uh, it's definitely they're not very textbookish right and uh and I, I feel like nonfiction. i think you know pretty quickly if you're going to like the way uh the author's writing like yeah. their their tone and I like a sense of humor, I, yeah. I, so I, I don't know. I think you could tell pretty quickly if you're gonna like the style of the writing yeah, with nonfiction. Absolutely. absolutely. How much do you think an average seventh grader should read like daily? <laughs> How much should they read daily? Well, according to the Pramus School District, <laughs> <laughs> um, the requirement that they say is 30 minutes a day. So I have students who probably read well above that. Um, every free chance they get in class, they don't take their Chromebooks out. They, they open up and they start reading a book. Uh, I have students who probably read far below that. Right. Um, I've actually, in, in school, extended learning, I always try to make um, reading like one of the, the, the first options. So I know a lot of us have busy lives at home. We all have different schedules. You know, we are involved in things like sports and music and dance and stuff like that and have family responsibilities. So it's not always easy to read at home. So I try to at least give like that half hour in school. I still consider that part of the 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be at home for that to happen. So I don't know. I I think someone reading 30 minutes is better than someone reading, you know, not at all or five minutes or 10 minutes. I think there are studies out there and I can't quote them right now because I don't have the no. facts with me, but just, uh, I think the more you like 15 or 20 minutes consecutive of reading, um, actually improves like, like, I don't know if it's like brain fun- function or something like that or memory retention. And the more you read and the longer, uh, consecutively, it's the better for you. So 30 minutes, 40, 45, I don't know. I think yeah. it's a matter of finding the right time to do it before dinner, after dinner, before bed. As long as you don't fall asleep on your book, <laughs> as you're reading, which I've done once or twice, yep. or the book is dropped out of my yes. my hand, but I definitely did not ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm almost tempted to ask the interviewers how much you read, but you know, a day, but you know, you don't I I will definitely say that my reading of it, like holding the actual book, has gone down. 
but I listen. I do a lot more of the audiobooks because I'm driving so much more now. And that's a way I'm able to still listen and get my reading in. But now that the summer's coming, my driving's going to be less and I can physically hold a book again. So Yeah. And I still think you could, like, like I said, I'm new to the audiobook world, but I still think you can get a lot from audio. But it temp- depends on the book, though. I yes. find that if I really need to concentrate or if it's really deep stuff, mm-hmm. then listening to it doesn't really help me. But if it's more like enter- an entertaining read and a yeah. narrative, then it's, it's a lot easier to listen to. Yeah. But. Absolutely. It's hardest to understand the plot line with an audiobook mm-hmm. if it's like really deep. So if it was like historical, it would be more difficult because you want to understand what's in order and what's happening. Right. Yeah. There are a lot of times when I'm, when you say historical, where I'll look things up, where I'll have to take a break for something, especially if it's historical, and um, I'll go look up some information. Like, oh, I need to know more about that before I go on, and I'll, yeah. I'll stop reading. Can't, I can't do that on my walk or my drive. That's I know. Dangerous. I know for some of the classics that are out there, I had actually get like dictionaries out. I'm like, what is this word? I don't know what this word yeah. is anymore. <laughs> like, we don't use this. Yeah. So I had to like look up words because I did not know what they meant. So. It definitely helps with the reading. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, what's your favorite author? My favorite author? Oh, my gosh. And it could that's, be several. That's so, a, if you have a few. tough one. Um, I do have... Uh, oh, I don't have the book. Oh, no, I do have a book with me. So, um, I do love Bill Bryson. So, going back to nonfiction mm-hmm. again, I love Bill Bryson. Um, I have a friend who lives in Ireland, and she just travels the world. So like, I thought her, she did a quiz once and she had her favorite places she visited and I thought it was like London or Paris, but it was actually, it was somewhere I believe in, in uh, Vietnam she went to. So she's been Asia and she said, if you really love travel, you have to check out Bill Bryson because he's traveled the world and he writes in a, a humorous and a witty way. Yeah. So this, he actually wrote a book about houses um, where he just describes houses, which you think would be like a very boring topic. And he just does it in such a historical and interesting way um, that I was reading about like the history of the salt and pepper shaker, which sounds yeah. completely boring <laughs> right now. But he's just, I think that good um, that um, that it, it makes it, you know, readable. Yeah. So Bill Bryson is one of my favorites. Um, I'm trying to think of other authors that I, um, I don't know. I, Do you like J.K. Rowling? So now it's a good, I, I, I'm like looking, a lot of these things yeah. are coming from my summer, was, were, were either of you gonna ask about my summer reading? I won't say yeah. too much, okay. All right, so I won't say too much, but one of my summer reading ones is, uh, is <laughs> it's like a confessional right now. It's Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone, Damn. first book. <laughs> um, and the reason for that, and I, I explained this to my seventh grade students before, we've had the, my wife has read all the books. And I see progress, they progressively get larger as yeah. the series goes on. And she constantly says, I have to read the books again. I have to read the books again, because she read them through. I believe she read the last one in a, I don't know if it's a 24 hour or 48 hour period. She just couldn't put it down. Yeah. Her sister said, to my sister-in-law said, you have to go to sleep. I had to finish this book. So for me, the book has been in our house for years. I've watched all the movies, recently watched the last one, and I've really enjoyed the movies, but my wife has always said... Books are better. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> that is what my wife has said, that there's so much detail to being left out, like this would make so much more sense to you if uh, you read the book. Yeah. So I, I'm calling it, I have like a list of like five different types of books I would like to read this summer. Yeah. One I'm calling my meant to list, so books that I have meant to read at some point, in life, whether it's college or post like college, yeah. and and I just haven't got a chance to you know get around to. So uh, Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone is one of them. Although I have started a couple times with my daughter, um, and I do like J.K. Rowling's writing and her description and her voice in it. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate it. even just the couple chapters I've read here and there. I do appreciate her as an author. Right. But yeah. You have to really get into the book to get really interested. Because I read, like, the first, like, 50 pages, I'm like, I go to my brother, you're like, I thought this was, like, kind of more interesting or something. But then he's like, yep, get to page 200 and you'll be good. I'm like, <laughs> Wait, 200. 200. <laughs> I'm like, what? That actually reminds me, and this kind of goes back to the audio books a little bit, too. One of the books that they ordered for us in school a couple years ago was the Graveyard Book. Mm. Um, and I took it home when my second daughter was born so it's the summer she was born in D- 
December 2015. So it was about June. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna bring some books home from my classroom. I'm gonna read them this summer. I brought that home. I remember rocking her because she's only six months old to take a nap. And I started reading it. I'm like, I can't, I'm not, I'm not getting this. I'm not, yeah. I'm not an award. I can't get into this. So I put it down. About a year or so later, so like 2017, I tried again. Can't get it down. Like, I don't see what, I don't see the award winning. I'm not getting it. Yeah. And I finally, I downloaded it. I was doing a lot more walking over the summer. I downloaded it on like the BCCLS, you know, movie yeah. app. And, um, which has really been helpful and saves a lot of money too. Oh yeah, it does. That's great. Um, and I listened to it and, and I maybe partially because the narrator who's the author himself is that Neil, Neil, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. Yeah. Um, he, to me, he reminds me of Professor Snape of, uh, Alan Rickman, yes. his narrative and his voice. So I'm like, all right. All right, I'm getting the voice now. It sounds like Snape, and mm-hmm. and I'm going to listen to it. And it took about, I looked at my phone, and it was 50%, because it tells you the percentage of the book you finished, 50% in when something happened. And I was like, oh, what? I didn't see that coming. And then from 50 to the rest of the book, but it took half of the book yeah. to get interest. So I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> but I enjoyed it in the end, but it, it had to put a lot of, time into it to yeah. get to that point where it caught my interest yeah sometimes sometimes you need the payoff like it, it, it the build-up takes a while but then that payoff is just it's great and I also listened to the audio of the graveyard book and it, Neil Gaiman narrating it is just amazing every time I hear his voice I'm just like I could listen to you talk yes. all day you could read a brownie recipe to me and I'd be very yeah. happy. <laughs> and it's amazing. And it really just shows you the power of, of writers and just like just putting one, and you mentioned plots before, just putting one little twist in something or something yeah. you didn't see coming. And all of a sudden, like you recapture the reader's interest. So it's really yeah. shows the power. And then and also reading it too, like, the, like someone reading the, a lot of us don't read out loud right. uh, much anymore. Um, but I think there's something to be said about that too, how you deliver How words. you do it, yeah. Okay, so what's one of your favorite books? One of my favorite books. So, it, um, you know, going like one of the ones I, that I showed you before was the the Book of Joy. So I've gone back to this a few times, and the audio because I do love listening to it's a lot of dialogue and interviews. So the Book of Joy um, was one of them. Um, I do one of my favorite books by Bill Bryson. I think the one he did for England was. I think it was Notes from a Small Island. Okay. So he lived, he was, I'm trying to think, he was born in the United States, moved to England for about 20 or 30 years, and he moved back uh, in the last couple of years. But he did, um, he, he toured all the different parts of England and just, he made a lot of observations about the people of England in general that I thought were interesting and compared to people in the US. So that's another one of my favorite books. Um, try and think. Other books that I've really enjoyed, um, you know, I keep a couple over um, over by my desk that I, that I don't let the students get to. They're yeah. kind of like my private ones over there. One is another history one: the island at the center of the world, and it's about Manhattan, so right mm-hmm. here, New York City, and it pretty much goes over the history of Hudson, basically defying like being defined with the group that hired him to explore he completely didn't listen to them they wanted him to find like a like the northwest passage and he's like yeah great i'm gonna do that and he kind of like took the ship out and then turned left down the atlantic <laughs> and he ended up i think coming in around delaware and then he traveled up and they ended up getting to manhattan so it kind of talks about um a lot of like the dutch words for things i know this may not be interesting to you completely but things like Bron- the bronx comes from like the Dutch so as they were given the history of things like oh I know that name I know that borough I know that river like that's where it came from and the relationship between the Dutch settlers and the Native Americans and then how the British came in because of what do you you guys know the the, what Manhattan was called before it was New York City what was that Big Apple no it's a good guy that's a nickname it's a good guess it has to do with the Dutch though like from like the, the Netherlands (laughs) <laughs> so it was called clam or something. Oh, they do. They did, they did. There was a lot of like that's in yeah. the book too. There's a lot of like they did clams, like in oy, or oysters and oyster oysters, bay. Yeah. So all that history is in there. But it, it was New Amsterdam. 
first. Well, and then the British came in and they were like, uh-uh, we're taking this island because there's like too much good stuff here. And it became New York later on. But there was yeah. like a fight. So I love that book. I, that's a book I could go back to uh, and, and just read again. And find something new probably every yeah, time. Yeah, I, 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 I probably read yeah. it quickly. I probably find a lot of new stuff right. there. Are there books too that have sentimental value to you? Like, they make you feel some way. Wow. Oh, man. I wasn't prepared for that one. Sentimental. Um, Yeah. There's a book called Bear of My Heart. (laughs) (laughs) It's a picture book. So most of my sentimental ones right now probably have to do with my own kids. Yeah. So books that we read a lot. So Bear of My Heart was one a good night moon mm-hmm. although it's kind of i've had that thing memorized for a while i could just recite it uh for my students but yeah good night moon sentimental um you know i think a lot of times maybe the sentimental books we connect to people yeah you know it has to have some so i'm not sure that's a great question do i have a novel i feel like sentimental about I almost have, like, I'm making a prediction that I'd probably feel sentimental about the Harry Potter series because I think you probably get so attached to the characters that when it's over, I I think if an author does something well, you care about the characters, even though they're fictional, Mm -hmm. and you want to see them, like, go on and do well. So, even, like, the Graveyard book, like I said, it's not my favorite book ever, but at the end, there's a relationship between uh, the main character, Bod, and... uh, I forgot the his like caretaker's yeah. name, but like they had a split at the end, like and they were not. He was going to go off into the world, and I, but I was emotionally invested, and I kind of felt like, oh, yeah. wow, like I hope he does well. Like it's sad that they're splitting up, but I knew they were fictional characters. But I was kind of a little like teary eyed yeah, at the you, end of it. You do. You get attached to some of these characters, and it's hard to say goodbye to them at the end, especially if it's a series. It's hard to say goodbye. Yeah. To some of these characters. Um, yeah, exactly. And I'd have to think, you know, sentimental, I, I'm i wondering, I'd have to think back to my own schooling. I find mm-hmm. as I get older, I think back to elementary school a lot more and yeah. books that were read to me. So when my daughters brought home Charlotte's Web, yeah, um, it kind of made me go back to elementary school. I was thinking like, oh, I, I probably did this in like, I don't know, second or third grade and now my kids are reading it. So something like that, like I, I think back very fondly on my my elementary school teachers and my, my middle school teachers were okay, my high school teachers, yeah. but something about elementary school teachers, like when you're really that young and everything just seems great and learning is fun and, and everything, um, yeah, like something like Charlotte's Web uh, was one of those yeah. stories that just have yeah. take me back a little bit. Yeah. How would you find the perfect book for you, like the perfect level? Because there are some books that I like to use. What is that? Like right now we don't use anymore, like olden no. words more? I don't know. Oh, like dated or like yeah. out of yeah. If you if you pick up a book that's saying thou and yeah. thee and thou knowest, uh, yeah. Shakespeare is yeah. tough. Mm. Like you know, uh, to be or not to be that is the yeah. question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer those things and arrows of whatever. Um, that's all. I, I only memorize that beginning part. Hamlet. Um, so, yeah, you know, I I I honestly think that. Um, I'm going to give credit to the school here. At least the books that are in this building and the books that they're ordering for us. Like, there are, and you guys are being some, some uh, whatever, whatever language arts teacher you have next year, we're getting all these new books. I don't know if you can see New Kid over there, which a lot of yeah. students. Graphic novels, too. That's another thing we really didn't talk about too much uh, this morning. But um, those books all alone there are new books that, you know, are pretty pretty current, modern, and they start dealing more with like modern topics. Yeah. Um, and the language I think is probably uh, more relatable. Now that doesn't mean that like Shakespeare is, is bad though. I mean, I think it's, it's probably it's different. Yeah, right. it's probably different than we're we're used to. And some people really like appreciate that language. Yeah. Um, it's almost like an art form. Like when we look at a painting and, and its beauty, some people look at at writing and the old like style, like old English type stuff. Um, as like a work of art. So I don't know. I feel like we're surrounded by, I, you know, Ms. Grezik is always getting like new books in there and has great recommendations. Our classrooms are getting updated. So I do have like a small uh, couple totes of, cla- like, I'm going to use air quotes classics. here for people. Classics. You know, kind of like, you know, highly regarded older books. Yeah. Um, but so many of them are, are, are new books um, from like the, the last 
the last year, the last couple right. of years. But yeah, we, we're getting, I think, a decent amount of support from from the premise upper upper people getting yeah. us books that we want for our students. So, I mean, but I always tell students that, you know, you sometimes need to like assess your, your own reading. Like, I, I know we do Earl sometimes. I'm not sure if you guys did that this year with yeah. like letters, like if you're a Y or X or a Z. I never really went by that much, mm-hmm. so I feel like just because you're a W or an X doesn't mean you can't try a Y. You know, right. I, I think you try it. If you're, you know, Miss Kresik said before, sometimes you have to look up a word. That happens, but if you have to look up a lot of words and yeah. you're really just losing that flow of reading and you just can't, you know, understand it, then maybe it's like, it's okay to, I think we used to call it abandoning a book. Yep. Um, I mean, I just told you a story. I abandoned a book two times yeah. before I got to it. I wasn't ready. So, you know, I, I think if you come across language, if you're understanding it, I think that's the main thing. I, you, always, I always think that because, yeah, it's, it's challenge yourself, but understand that it is okay if you don't meet that challenge. You will at some point. And I also say that sometimes, you know what, if – if you've just been doing so much, go down another level. Read that book that you might have read like two years ago just to give your mind a break. Yeah. And it's something that you did enjoy and you knew you loved. Then you can go back to the levels that you are now at. It's I mean, always okay to like just take a breather for a think, second. Maybe think about books that you read and maybe you thought you understood in one way. And if you go back to it three or four years later and with the more you know about just like life and mm-hmm. about you know things you learn in school, you might go back to that same book and just see things you never right. thought before. I I think I read um, oh, which we'll call it uh, The Great Gatsby when I was yes. maybe as like a, a sophomore or junior. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it since. I bet you if I go back, I was a sophomore or junior in high school, yeah. which I didn't know anything about really the world at that point. I bet you if I went back to that, I'd probably see a lot more than I did. Yeah, you know how many years ago it was. I'm not going to say the years. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't do the years Five, here. Five, six, seven yeah, years. Exactly. I, well, I was just thinking to myself on how I've abandoned a book too. Yeah. Like a few months ago, but I finally brought it back and now I'm reading it now. And it's really funny. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. what happens. I abandoned Harry Potter multiple times. Whoa. And now she can't stop talking about it. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of confessions. We're admitting yes. to a lot of stuff today. Yeah. But we do want to hear what you are recommending or what you will be reading for the summer. Okay. Because we, we know that you have recommended a lot already that are amazing so, ones. Yeah. So we are wondering what else you have on your growing okay. list. So I have five. I made five categories. If you have me as a teacher in the future, you'll see that I, I make a lot of lists, probably too many lists. So I have five things here that I, I categorized the summer reads with. One was like a nonfiction book, which I showed you. That. I'm going to do A Walk in the Woods. My wife bought this for me a couple of years ago. Um, I believe there's a bear in there. This was made into a movie after the book. Yep. Um, and it basically, this, this is the guy who lives in the United States now. I believe he lives in Maine, so all the way northeast. And the Appalachian Trail starts, ends, I don't know. Yeah. It's like in Georgia. It's the, it's the, the mountain range that goes from... We talked about it before, a bit, like somewhere in fifth grade. We okay, yeah. It, but... it goes from like Georgia, like all the way south east of the United States and it goes all up to Maine. He lives right by, there's like an entrance that's beginning or end of the trail. Right. So he goes, I think, down to Georgia. There's a map. I love a book with maps that always, whether they're fiction or nonfiction, I love maps and books. So it, he uh, does and He's not really an out, I mean, he does travel a lot, but I, I don't think bears. he's like a hiker. Bears are one of my fears you'll find out next year. So like, my <laughs> students are like, wait, you're going to read a book about bears? I'm like, yeah, I'm facing my fears. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So I do love another category. Mm-hmm. I love self-improvement and wellness books. So whether it's like about health, dietary things, mental health, spiritual health, uh, and this one happens to be uh, Planet Health too. This is written in the 70s. So sometimes, and it's, it's been updated recently, but uh, sometimes you just read about another person and the books that they've read. And this one... Um, Actually, Mr. Rogers read. He became a vegetarian after this, um, and uh, this is about this is about being a vegetarian and about the effects on the planet, like the positive effects. Uh, let's see, <laughs> Mentu. I told you guys about Harry Potter. That's my Mentu book. Yep. Um, my out of comfort zone book is the the last uh, Contista, like this more sci fi right. um, uh, book. 
And then lastly, I don't have it with me, but once again, I heard someone else read this, someone else, I think if you have someone that you admire or you like the art that they produce and you see what they've read, I always like reading people who inspire me. I like to read the stuff that inspire them. Yeah. So uh, one, it's called The Thursday Murder Club. It's uh, a mystery book by Richard Osman, or I think yes. it's a series of books I heard about. And I look at that as a pure entertainment read. It is. So, it's good. I, I read it. It's, oh, it's one of those, and I gave it to a ton of people. Awesome. Yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking maybe audiobooking that one. Yes. I think that might be a good, like, I don't really have to concentrate too much. No. Nope. Um, oh, I didn't mention Agatha Christie before. I read her first, like, the, uh, was it the murder of Roger Ackroyd? Oh, um, okay. uh, that was her first one. And some people say the best mystery book, like, ever written, and that, she defied like all mystery writing rules back then, and people went back to check her to see if there's she there was like a hole in the plot, but they couldn't. Like she right. she just fooled everybody, which is pretty cool. Is there a book that stuck you like the meaning of it? Because that made you still think back today, not from like childhoods, from like, Maybe, like a lesson. A le- yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I feel I, I feel like I'm recycling a lot it's, of stuff no, here too. Like I this book it takes about seven or eight hours to listen to there's so much there's so many lists in here and i told you <laughs> i like lists but um it, it's really it's all about our outlook in life the um the joy book yeah yeah the, i'm sorry the book of joy and it's just how i mean these both these gentlemen here the dalai lama and uh, the archbishop went through a ton of just adversity in their life tough times and challenges but they're well, one was and what other one is like they're like the happiest people and it really talks about just like life how we can take any bad situation and depending on how we look at it and our outlook um you know we can make things positive and, and and really live a life of joy but it really talks about like things like money are not really mentioned in here you know things like you know the you know how much you get paid for whatever job you do it does it that's not really what joy is at least according to them so right. this is a book that i i'm planning on going back to again um and probably i'm i don't really mark up books mm-hmm. i'm not a book marker right. or highlighter or a page bender mm-hmm. i like to keep it pristine if i can um bookmarks i can't i can't bend <laughs> the pages I can. um <laughs> This might be a book that I'd be willing to um, to underline and, yeah. and put little notes in the side for because it's I think that much meaning that many lessons in there, and, and I try to live that in my life and, and sometimes impart some of those little tidbits of knowledge on, on students. And I, mean. I think that the way you just spoke about that book is the way we should be looking at reading in general to make sure it's something that's going to spark joy with mm. you don't make it a job don't make it a chore um make it something that you want to do. do and make sure that it resonates with you in the end yeah when i heard like they said oh yeah there's gonna be summer reading they're like all the kids are like oh and they're like why this is no fun like it's boring like and yeah. there are some kids who are happy about it yeah. Maybe I can leave you guys with a, a, a yeah. bit of a challenge today and something. And I wasn't planning on showing this because I didn't know this was going to go in the, that direction. Uh, I have a post-it note here from a student. I asked them, apparently I asked them on June 2nd. I said, one thing that disappoints me as a teacher is the lack of reading yeah. uh, for joy, just for just for pleasure. I think a lot of us look at it as assignments or as mm-hmm. um, just a, a task. It's something we don't want to do. There are just so many books out there and so many uh, topics that I feel like there's something for everybody if you yeah. just take the time to find it. So I challenge my this year's students saying, can you come up with a way where I could get my next year students, possibly you guys, students like you, to read naturally and, and not because it's a grade. Uh, I mentioned things like book clubs or, you know, I, I, I don't completely like the idea of rewards or or you know, or like a map of like who's read the most, like a competition, but something to get students to read. And I might pose to you if I have you girls next, you know, September. I might pose to you the same challenge: like, how can we get people to authentically read in our classes? But I do like this challenge that you're posing to not only your students but to us right now. Yeah. So I think this is 
a great challenge that we should have for the summer and think about it for the summer so that next year we come back with a possible answer. Ideas, brainstorm so, over the summer. Exactly. We would like to thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us to sit down. And um, we look forward to hearing about all the books that you read and your reviews of them. Yes. You have to do some writing jots and things like I that. I will write things down. <laughs> I'll give you my notes, my, re- my four or five star ratings. Awesome. Great. Thank you Thanks, so girls. much. Thanks, girls. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have found some new books to try this summer and beyond. You can find all of our recommendations at your local library, independent bookseller, or your favorite book retailer. Thank you to my co-hosts and to all of our guests. We hope you enjoyed, and we hope you have a great summer. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to rate and review us, and share us with all of your friends. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our theme music is written, produced, and recorded by Jake Fissel. Thank you again. You'll be hearing from us soon. And for now, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep reading.